Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Just want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today's episode, we're bringing on a special person, as always. Today, we're bringing on Krishna Avalon. And what we're going to talk about is how we can center ourselves. She's a licensed acupuncturist, certified holistic health coach, psych K facilitator, does breath work, and somatic practitioner who has guided over 24,000 patients and clients over their lives with health and wellness goals over the past 18 years. She currently specializes in subconscious transformation. I'd love to hear about the subconscious transformation. How are you doing this morning, Krishna? I'm doing well, David. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much. I mean, it sounds like you've done so much and assisted so many people. How did you get on this path? What brought you to this, this journey of life? Yeah. I mean, I really do think that I've been a practitioner and in the healing arts for lifetimes and lifetimes. Because when I came into acupuncture, really, it was the very first thing that I ever committed to in my life and just followed and trusted. Um, And I did that for 18 years and had been really wanting to grow for the last few of those, but wasn't sure how I would get off that very well-oiled track you know, when you start to like master something, which I feel comfortable saying after 20 years of doing it, you know, it is time to grow. And that's something that's important to me. So when the pandemic hit, and I had known about this process, I was trained in to work with the subconscious mind, I knew I wanted to train in it. And so I just kind of like was, hmm, I wonder if any of those classes are being held. And looked it up and found like, yes, they were. So I did actually did all of the the trainings, which are four intensives during pandemic right here in what used to be my teacher's house. I ended up buying her house, which is a magical story in itself. Um, And she's been teaching that work here for, she, she lived here for 25 years and taught the work for 12 and everything about it for me when I heard about it was a yes, 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 yes. But like so many of us, wasn't sure how I was going to make that happen with the transition because I was just, you know, I, I had such a full practice supporting my family doing that work. And then pandemic for me was that blessing of having to slow down, of letting things shift, of having to close my clinic for two months. Um, and so that's really how it happened. So acupuncture school was the very first thing that I trusted, committed to, knew 1000% it was for me, never doubted mothering was the second thing and then this process that i was trained in it's called psych k i don't love the name so i call it subconscious transformation which is what it is but psych k stands for psychology plus kinesiology so we we use some muscle testing to speak to the subconscious mind and then we do some balancing to get people into a whole brain state and that's what allows the subconscious to expand so people can move on from stress or trauma in a very peaceful way and have that new path in the mind to have a new experience. You can also create more expanded beliefs from what is all the time for people limiting and self-sabotaging. So long answer, 
No, yeah, that's, that's, a great, that's a great answer. There's, there's so much uh, to talk about that because really there's so much that lives in our body that is, is holding back our limiting beliefs or the things that we've gone through. And I'd love to you know, explain that a little bit more, especially the muscle testing. For those who might not know what muscle testing is, could you explain to that, that to us? Yeah. It's really cool because it's so simple. And I will say that a couple of naturopaths, like so many years ago, tried to do it to me. And I was like, this is super stupid because they were deciding what the response was. Whereas in Psych K, what we're doing is we're usually using an arm with another person. And then we're taught in Psych K, like your body's relaxed, your chin is parallel and your eyes are looking down. You're picking an arm to hold up. And then if we're doing a a session in person, I tell you to be strong as you're doing that. And I press on your arm and you'll either have a strong or a weak response. A strong is your yes and a weak is your no. And we go through a series of questions to make sure you know what your yes and no is. And what's also cool is that even if I think I know what the answer is, I'm asking you what your response is. And then the other cool thing is that even if you try to alter that response, you can't because it's the subconscious mind we're talking to, not your conscious mind. So in a virtual session, I'm asking to muscle test on someone's behalf. So these sessions can be done virtually, but that's how it works with muscle testing. And so it seems super silly, but when we're going through those series of questions, even if you don't understand it by the end of those questions where we're trying to establish clear communication, most people's minds are like, just blown because you can't alter the response even if you try. Yeah. So. Now, the, the first time I experienced muscle testing, I didn't believe in it. And I was like, what? What is he doing? And, uh, you know, I tried to resist it, right? So try to, and you, you can't, you know, your mind is so powerful. And that's that subconscious uh, you know, recognition. And that that's where, you know, there's so much work that's now being talked about and being done that brings us to, to exactly where you're at. And so how would you do it uh, virtually, uh, muscle testing? I, I know I, I've used the, the fingers, you know, uh, uh, people. That's the method that I choose as well. And so okay. my body's relaxed, my chin's parallel, my eyes are looking down, and then I'm taking someone through the language like I would if they were in person, and then I just muscle test on their behalf. And the cool thing about the Psyche process is that we're asking for permission to make sure it's safe and appropriate. I've never had it not be, but I just love that we're asking for permission from somebody's even higher conscious. Yeah. I think that's the most important part is always asking for that permission. Uh, it's creating that safe zone. Uh, and that's what it is. It's a sacred space when you're working with somebody and uh, having to do that. I mean, you know, with acupuncture as well as this type of energy work. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many things out there and I've been exposed to some incredible modalities in my life. I'm incredibly discerning, super picky about who I'd work with and even in the modalities that I would choose. So it is interesting that I found this process and this is what my intuition directly was like, yes, 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 yes. And then how I got on the path with it and even came into my teacher's house was yes, 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 yes but you're totally conscious the whole time. It's incredibly simple. And I tend to be drawn to the, those things in life the most that are the most simple. And um, 
yeah, the, the whole point and the goal of the site K balance is to get into what's called a whole brain state. Mm-hmm. And so we muscle test before and after the balance to make sure that there's been a shift. And that's how we know, oh, the subconscious has expanded. Now I can move on from that stressful or triggering or traumatic event, past, present, or future. Or we could be doing a balance where you're creating a goal statement about the life that you want to be experiencing. Because your conscious mind might be saying, I deserve healthy love, or I deserve to make all this money, or I deserve to have everything I want, whatever it is. And that's great. But if your subconscious mind does not believe that, you will not be creating that experience because the subconscious mind creates 90 to 95% of what we experience in life. The subconscious part of the mind holds our beliefs. It holds our memories. It holds our habits. And so anywhere you're on autopilot or you feel stuck where you're repeating patterns that are not desirable. You don't understand why life isn't happening like you want it. You don't understand why you're still upset from that thing 20 years ago. Maybe you've been in talk therapy for 15 to 20 years. You intellectually and consciously understand why you are the way you are. But if your subconscious doesn't have the tools to help you move on from those things or create the beliefs you want to have, like, I am worthy, I am deserving, I can trust myself, it's safe to be seen, it's safe to use my voice, you know, all those things, you won't, you won't be creating that experience. Yeah, that that's the most powerful part of all of this is that, you know, having that ability, and, you know, we don't know what we don't know, but we also don't know what's really stored within ourselves that we might have thought we intellectually moved on from, but we really hadn't. And that's really powerful. I, I also found a lot about that during the pandemic. I had been practicing for a while, and during the pandemic, I was left by myself, and I dealt with a lot of things that I thought I was over. Uh, and one example that I've mentioned before is the, the death uh, of a girlfriend of mine. Uh, I had been reading some stuff that I had read about her and, you know, that I had wrote to her. And all of a sudden I started crying. I broke out into tears that came out of nowhere. And then doing some more deep diving, I, you know, I realized a little there was survivor guilt that I always acknowledged, you know, intellectually, but I didn't let my body handle it the way that I needed to until being forced uh, to be by myself for such a long period of time during COVID. Uh, That's why I always say COVID was a blessing for me. And I think we we talk about the blessings of what situations, and it sounds like finding the, the pandemic, you know, might not have been great for your business, but you were able to pivot and learn all these new things, which has now exploded uh, and really, you know, allowed you to fly to be in, in a better place. Yeah. I mean, I love this stuff and I could do it all day long with people because, you know, I've seen magic happen every day, all day long as an acupuncturist. I really have. I've been able to help a lot of people and I feel super blessed by that. Super. Um, But I am watching people at the foundation level work through stuff 
that they haven't been able to work through and do it quickly, like directly, immediately make the changes they haven't been able to make and be really empowered as the creatives of their lives. And that's really what I consider my love language in this world. I think I feel like it's why I'm here is to hold that space for people to feel empowered. We are limitless beings in fact. And yeah, it's like once I was able to work through my wounding and then integrate that because I'm such a natural facilitator, because I've been in the healing arts forever, because it's just the most natural thing in the world. Of course, then now I get to guide other people from a really embodied, grounded experience place. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. And it all has to start from you and healing yourself and then you're able to, but when you find something that works so quickly, the same thing we were talking earlier, uh, you know, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the, the psyche. And, you know, it, it, it sounds a lot more like the havening that I use uh, where the releases are so quickly, you know, you almost don't believe it. Uh, at least for me, I didn't believe the, the personal releases that I had uh, on as quickly as they were moving because you hear about therapy and people moving so long through that process. And then this process became so much more quicker. But that's all talking about the, the, the subconscious. It's when we're really working with our bodies and, and finding that right balance. How do you find that right balance for yourself? I mean, luckily, I have reference points now. And I'm a little older, right? So it's like I remember the time before Facebook. I remember the time before technology I remember the best parts of my childhood, which I was outside all day long. Mm-hmm. It was the happiest, most simple times, but that's um, essentially what I try to come back to. You know what I mean? Like I'm teaching people all day long just to get rid of these things that cause the anxiety. You can't just wake up on your phone and be like that all day and not be anxious. You can't just scroll things and think that your subconscious mind is not receiving those stressful or traumatic pieces of news Um, that gets stored in your body and it'll come out at a really opportune time or it'll not help you be in the world in a very connected or peaceful way. You know, you'll like be outside of yourself, always gauging your environment for safety or danger. And so Luckily, for one, I have reference points for what it's like to not be so plugged in. Um, I have practices that I stay pretty committed to, and they don't need to be elaborate, and they do change because I have so many tools and so many things I love to do. But I will say that for me, it's usually nature and just getting rid of the stuff that causes me to not feel so good, (laughs) like tuning into the internet too much, like eating too much sugar like eating gluten, like, you know, you know, just having better boundaries too. just easily saying no to things that I know don't align me with my highest and best. And that's one of the things that I balance with in Psych K with other people is being able to have clear boundaries or being able to be present so that they can experience more joy in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's what I bet. Cause if people believe that they can't be present, where it's not safe to be in their bodies because they've experienced trauma, they won't. They're going to keep continue to look outside themselves for some sort of peace or joy or happiness or 
value or worth instead of just believing like I am worthy as I am. Yeah. That was the biggest question that I had gotten when somebody said, do you love yourself? When, when I was going through some of my biggest challenges and I had a pause. And once I started thinking about it, I realized that if you have to pause, the answer is no. And there had to be a lot more work to be done to love myself. And, and, and it all starts, the whole game starts within ourselves. And what do you do? So I know you said you walk through nature. And what are some of the tools that you use for yourself? Yeah. I mean, I certainly do psyche balances now a couple or a few times a week, especially if I hit a trigger. Because even if you start to do a balance where you're like, I am worthy of love, great. You won't have to do that balance again, but the universe or people will continue to show you where you need to keep expanding and growing. Mm -hmm. And so when I hit triggers now, I'm like, oh, cool. It's showing me where I need to grow, where I need to heal still. So that I do love pranayama breath work. And so I'll do that if I'm hitting some big emotion or I feel like I'm holding anxiety from the collective or my lineage or who knows what. So that's more for clearing like emotional energy stuck in your body. You don't even need to know where it comes from, but that's good for crying. I feel like I help people cry. Um, I definitely love to meditate. I've been a Vipassana meditator for a long time, but currently I am doing a lot of quantum meditation, mm. um, somatic practices, which are what I teach other people as well. So that's just like connecting what you're experiencing in your body with the belief that you're in, in your mind, and then having ways to connect that and be like, Oh, what I'm believing is not even true. Of course, my shoulders are going up in my ears. And so if people want to, you know, I have somatic practices on my website, on my resources page, people love those. I would say during pandemic, those are the things that maybe help people the most because you want to be able to do those things several times a day to train your nervous system. Um, I hydrate, I sleep, I love to eat vegetables. You know, those are some of my basics. I don't really watch TV. There are some shows we've watched and binged, but like we don't, I don't ever remember having cable TV since I was like maybe 20. And um, yeah, I just don't welcome things into my life that don't feel good or don't align or don't resonate with what's good for me, what's best for me. Right. And that's the, the great knowledge. Once you learn those things for yourself, those boundaries and what resonates with you and, and how it resonates with you. You know, it, it's really important. And, and hydrating is, is one of the most important things that just make you feel better. A lot of times people won't realize that the lack of hydration, proper hydration, like not just hydration, but proper hydration really affects your moods and things like that. But it's, it's part of that mind-body balance. Yeah. And for somebody like me who runs a lot of energy or who has like low blood pressure, you know, low blood pressure is like a valve in your body. And so a lot of people don't know this, but if you tend to have low blood pressure and you're dehydrated, you'll feel fainty. You'll feel like, you know, lightheaded. You just won't feel right. And so that's something that I, um, you know, I'm very aware of my body. I like to be in my body that feels great for me. And so even with my 13 year old daughter, she knows if she doesn't want to eat, that's fine, but I'll always insist she hydrate. (laughs) So, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that, that's always. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, just the basics, you know, sleep, mm-hmm. hydrate, get sun on your bare skin, unplug from the internet, take some time to be with yourself, to check in, you know, just basics. Yeah, being being with yourself and being comfortable with yourself is is, is really important. We'll be back in a moment. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. Stay tuned for further instructions. Hey, hey, everybody. It is one half of the do-gooder dads, George Andriopoulos, and I am here on behalf of myself and the other do-gooder dad, Dave Thompson, my podcast partner, to tell you that season three of the Over My Dad podcast is here, and we are live on January 4th, which is a Wednesday, I think, I hope. For you guys to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, all of the usual spots. Now, what can you expect? You can expect the usual hijinks. You can expect the usual in-depth, caring conversations about being a parent, being a dad, being a mom. You can expect the two usual guys that you always see. But here's what you didn't know. We're moving from bi-weekly episodes to seasonal episodes. So we're going to have bigger and better episodes. And they're going to come out once every few months because we are busy parents and we have stuff going on, guys. And so we can't do this thing all the time, but we still want to be there for you. So check us out. We're going to come out every few months with bigger episodes, which will last you guys a little bit longer until the next time. We hope to see you. And we are produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. But you knew that already. See you next time, guys. Back to the show you were listening to. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Schmetzky. So what eventually brought you into uh, acupuncture, right? So I, we, we, I talk a lot uh, about Phoenix moments, and, and maybe it's not even about the acupuncture have you had a Phoenix moment where you you felt you were in the ashes and, and you had to rise from it? Yeah, several times. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was interesting because I, I guess it was last year at about this time. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon. The real estate market, like many places, was off the hook. I was about to put my house on the market that we just thought would have a bazillion offers way over. I was trying to separate from my daughter's father for many, many years, which is a story in itself. And so I thought we were going to be able to sell our house and then separate with all this support, right? So we could both have what we need and like separate with as much love as possible. That was always my goal. We put our house on the market. It didn't get any offers for six weeks. And then I got a low ball offer that I was even going to say yes to. And then it fell through. And my partner, I had to send him off grid on an adventure bike. Like he was just so miserable. I couldn't even deal with him. And he had to go and, you know, pandemic really did affect a lot of people. He was already like mentally struggling. And then pandemic just made it like a lot worse in a lot of ways for Mm -hmm. so many people. My daughter, I don't even know where she was. I think she was at camps. 
So I'm like trying to get all these showings together and then like, you know, so that whole thing. And I just really thought it was going to happen. It didn't happen. I had a break. Oh, I had had like four offers on my acupuncture practice because I actually did end up selling my practice in Northeast Portland after 11 years, but I had four offers, which is like unheard of, like Guinness Book of World Records. They all fell through, but then I ended up selling it six months later. Um, And looking back, I realized why I didn't sell then. And it was because my daughter's father's son came back into his life, ended up coming to stay with us all there. He was supposed to stay for five days. He stayed for six weeks. My daughter's father, who hadn't had a job in a long time, ended up getting a job right in the neighborhood that he could walk to. And I ended up buying my teacher's house in a totally different part of town, which now my daughter can walk home from school from. She goes to this private independent school. So we weren't just going in the neighborhood. So it all worked out for this super magical reason. And I was supposed to deepen into trust because without trust and believing that you're not supported and held and putting all of your energy into, oh, I'm going to be like supported and where I want to be when this, this, and this happens. The lessons that I needed to embody were like, you need to be able to trust the flow. You need to be able to trust yourself no matter what. And whether you have a shit ton of money or not, you still need to be able to be okay with, with what's going on. Like you need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to be adaptable. You need to be able to trust yourself, your guides, your team, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. And I wasn't in that place yet. And I'll say that embodying trust of myself is probably in knowing that I'm not alone. Those are like the two biggest things for most people on planet earth that they are limited or contracted or just not in their, um, you know, belief or worthiness. Yeah. Those are huge. And and trusting the process, uh, you, you know, while we, we envision what the process, what we would like the process to be, that's not always how life goes. It, it goes on a lot of different detours and things like that. And it, it sounds like exactly what, what happened to you. And then you trusted the process. It doesn't feel great through that process. And a lot of times I'll reference the, you know, caterpillar to a but- butterfly because it's not a pretty process, but when the butterfly does fly, it really becomes uh, their time to soar. And going through that whole process becomes uh, really where we learn and, and trusting that process. We, we can't force it. We can't rush it. The process is going to take, you know, for, our, for each person differently. And having that ability to trust that the process really becomes uh, a learning in itself. And you, it sounds like you've learned some of that during this past year process. Yeah. And then when we did put our house back on the market in December, because my realtor thought before the, before the new year, we were going to wait till February. And I was actually traveling in Costa Rica. We put it on the market. And on the first day, we had three cash offers for way over <laughs> and, what, and what I needed. And so that is another reason why it had to happen. Plus, at the time, during pandemic, I really just wanted to run away to Costa Rica and live on a permaculture farm with my kid, with other kids running around. And she was like, you know, that was my dream. She's, she's 13. And she was like, wait, what? 
who are my friends going to be? What school am I going to go to? I don't speak Spanish. What about my dog and cat? Where's my dad going to be? And so I was like, oh, right. (laughs) You know, I had to come out of my cloud for a second and be like, okay, if I'm praying for the highest and best for my family and not just for myself, I need to allow that to come through into something that's even better than I imagined because we get so fixated on what we think we want. And then we can project all of our stuff onto the situation. And what happens is when when we hold on so tight like that, it doesn't allow what is the highest and best to come through. And this is the highest and best. Like for my daughter's mental health, we needed to stay in Portland. And I get that now. So how would you suggest to somebody how to not necessarily let go, but be open to a possibility, a different possibility than we imagine in our head? Exactly. Well, you have to be okay with the unknown Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to trust yourself. And that is a lot of the balancing that I've been doing with people also since I learned this work is like creating a belief that like I can trust myself. The unknown is exciting. The unknown brings magical possibility. You know, people can create goal statement. We just talk about what you want. And then from there, we get to a statement that is like, the thing that you want to create. And when usually when people get to their goal statements, they're like, you feel lit up. You might have goosebumps. You're like, yes, that's what I want. So it's, you know, it's stuff like that because most people haven't been okay with the unknown at all. But what I've learned through my practices, through my experiences is like the unknown is where the magic happens. Sure. Yeah. It's the unexpected. The the, the planned is easy to, figure out, but it's the unplanned where that that leads to the growth, but also because we don't know, we don't know every situation. We don't know even just conversations. We don't know what the other person, how they're seeing it through their perception, through their filters. And that's sometimes why we need to always focus on ourselves because if we clean our filters and realize the right, ask the right questions, the answers then come to them, come to ourselves. Yeah. And things can come through that are just so much better than you even imagined. Yeah. That, that's the, the universe really does, or God, however you look at it, really does work for your highest good. And, you know, it has so many things in store for you when you release and, and are open and, and, and trust yourself as well as the universe to give you those opportunities. Yeah. So back to your question when you were saying, like, how do you – suggest people Mm -hmm. let go of what is maybe, you know, we all get in the way of ourselves with our mental mind. I I tell people to practice feeling how you want your life to feel Mm -hmm. or maybe visioning it in your imagination, but not trying to think about it or have to know all the details and the steps and how you're going to make it happen. Practice feeling it and do that. Because the subconscious mind will respond so much quicker to images combined with feeling and intention, whereas the mind will just get in the way. Right. Yeah. Always stay out of your mind. That's why I, I about grounding. So one of the things I, I talk about is uh, that earth you know, and a heart are the same letters, just rearranged differently. And if we sit, you know, grounding ourselves, we're able to then, you know, focus on our heart and know what we want. We know the feelings that we have, acknowledging those feelings, but also knowing that those feelings 
are not permanent in that if it's a, a, a less good feeling, there's the ability to bring other things in that can help you feel better, you know, lift yourself up, pick yourself up out of the ground, and also, you know, begin to soar once you start having those abilities and, and stopping the limiting beliefs, because that's where our biggest challenges are, is through our limiting beliefs. By saying, I can't, and if you keep saying, I can't, you start believing that. Henry Ford had said, you know, if you think you can or you think you can't, those, you know, it, it's, it, it's true, but there's a lot more ways to think you can. It might take a little bit more energy, but the universe wants to work for your highest good. Yeah, and I do love that quote. It's like, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Because the subconscious and the nervous system, their job is to reinforce what you believe. So whether what you believe is true or not, you're just going to seek that information out in the world to have that belief reinforced so that you're quote unquote safe. Right. And that's why you want to expand your beliefs because then once you do create that new belief as an option in your mind, then the subconscious will start creating that as a reinforced pathway in your mind. So a lot of times people are, I mean, most of the time, the the conscious and the subconscious, they're in conflict because the conscious mind wants this or is using affirmations or mantras to try and do this. It takes so much longer. It might not even be effective. You want to get your conscious and your subconscious working together if you want the you know, like a clear path and you want to create that life that you and you don't want it to take a lifetime or twenty years. Yeah. Well, the, the, our our conscious is our protective mind, and our subconscious is our playful mind. And you know, sometimes we're too protective because of the experiences we had. Uh, but it's that neuroplasticity that really helps us focus a little bit more on working in our subconscious mind and finding the, the answers that are our true answers, not just a protective answer. How would you, how do you work with neuroplasticity? Well, the site K, the whole point of it is to create the new pathway in the mind so that you can have a new experience so that you're not repeating the same dramatic triggering response or thought or behavior or you're creating the new belief so that it's a possibility in your subconscious mind. And so those, that is neuroplasticity is creating the new pathway. So it's like the well-traveled path in the forest. It's, it's clear because you've taken it a bazillion times. It doesn't mean that it's good for you or it's true. It just means that's what, you know, that's what's familiar and that's what you keep doing. That's your autopilot. So the neuroplasticity through the psyche, through transforming your subconscious, is when you create the new pathway in your mind to have a new experience. Well, that's exactly it. It's teaching your brain. Uh, because our brain summarizes our activities. That's why we use language of, oh, this always happens to me. And it's not always true. And sometimes that magic is showing somebody or teaching somebody that it doesn't always happen to you or the ability to do something slightly different, taking that one step differently on that path, and it becomes a completely different journey. It really does. It really does. And then once you create new beliefs like this and you peacefully unattach from those 
stressful or triggering events. And it's more just like you look back on it and you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. Instead of having this angered response or feeling like you're going to throw up or not even being able to think about it because it's so painful. Instead, you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. And then you can move on. I mean, your electromagnetic frequency, meaning the energy you emit in the world becomes different. People respond to you differently. You'll have different experiences in the world. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with for even just like a couple sessions and their therapist or their husband or their coworkers are like, how are you? Why are you so different? This used to really piss you off. Or how did you make that happen? Or how are you moving through this, this, that, and the other with so much grace? It's because it's like, okay, it's because we're working with the subconscious. Yep. No, that's exactly right. I, I've worked with clients. I just had a client who uh, said to me, my wife loves the changes you made. I go, I didn't make any of the changes. You made the changes. It was just through conversations and work that we had done. And that's what's really important is it's always empowering the, the person, the client, uh, the patient, and it's all possible because we could be the change in any environment by our reaction or not reaction. That becomes a different set of circumstances. It becomes planting a seed differently than had been planted before or growing differently. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Like even just enter, you know, you know, when you're like in the vicinity or in a room with someone, they might not be saying anything, but you feel their energy. Mm-hmm. You know, if their beliefs were different, if they weren't attached to a story that's not true, you'd be having a different experience around that person. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. It's, 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 it's the stories we tell ourselves or the stories people tell themselves uh, how we sit. That's why, you know, a lot of people uh, sometimes, in, uh, you know, I've been in rooms where they're like, you know, you should be more happy. I'm like, I'm pretty happy the way I am. It's how they perceive how I'm sitting is an, an unhappy and uh, until they get to know me and then they're like, oh, okay, I get it. I, like, yeah, I'm just quiet. I just sit back, in, you know, in that quietness because now I'm comfortable with being in, within myself. And that's, you know, where we look at the different filters that we all have in our lives and having those conversation, conversations and being open up to the ability that it's not how we, we see things really helps with that neuroplasticity because then you're open up to that new, those new pathways and new opportunities to see things differently. I mean, I so love that you said that. I showed up to a podcast last week, I think, or something, and we had worked together before. She's actually someone that I coach, but she asked me onto her podcast and I showed up and I was kind of in it. I've been dating some for the first time in my life. And it's been freaking incredible and honestly so much better than I ever imagined. And it's cause I done stuff like this to expand my worth and deservingness about the amount of pleasure and joy I can experience in this world. Um, but I was super grounded. I was just kind of not like, blah, 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 like all lit up, like fronting some kind of energy, five cups of coffee. She was like that. But she sort of looked at me and I and she said, oh, are you okay? Are you seem kind of like low vibration? Do you need to reschedule? And I told her, I was like, you know, it's funny is I hate it when my mother tells me that I look tired. Mm. I've told her that a million times. She'll still tell me, oh, you look tired. She's projecting her own shit onto me. Right. I'm usually not tired. I'm usually in my energy in response to her being a spaz, <laughs> right? 
but it was cool because I didn't front anything else. You know, here I am about to speak on a podcast that gets a lot of listeners. I didn't feel like I needed to front some sort of energy that I wasn't in or to fake being this, that, and the other. I was totally trusting that I'm perfect and loved. And like, I accept myself exactly as I am because I've done those kind of balances. And she told me at the end, she's like, that was so powerful. And that gave me permission to just be okay with, and we had the most beautiful conversation. That's awesome because that's, you know, really being your most authentic self, uh, you know, is really such a key and people don't realize it. Everybody thinks they are, but then they're, they're worried about other people uh, as I shared with you. And, you know, uh, I know this is an audio, but uh, we're both wearing green, which is just, you know, a, a complete alignment. But, you know, with my green suit, uh, people la- laugh and they go, oh, man, you could see that. And I'm just comfortable. It's, you know, you get comfortable in what you're comfortable with. And at this point in life, I don't really care. You like it, you, you don't like it. And there's a power in that. There's a power that people don't understand and might never get because they're not there. And I love that story that you're like, no, I was just quiet. And, you know, don't put your ideas. Ask those questions because until that host asked that question to you, they were already thinking that you were disconnected and not there and they might have lost the opportunity to have a really great conversation with you. And it sounds like, having that one question really opened up everything the way that it needed to be. Well, and it was just a reflection of where she was at and her busy morning and her immediately tuning into me and needing to put her experience on how I was. And I was like, I'm just in this right now with myself. And it was just, yeah, it was really beautiful because you know how there are so many people online trying to front a certain I'm going to teach you this, or I know this, but you can tell, you can feel when they haven't gone through it themselves, worked through that shadow, integrated it and become embodied. And I've done that. And so I don't have to take on people's projections. I can be like, that's yours. I'm going to just stay right here in my own energy. And I freaking love it. Yeah, no, it is such a power of knowing who you are and, even in, in relationships, when you're talking to people and you're like, oh, okay, I recognize that you don't have to say it, but I recognize where you're at is not where I'm at. And that's okay. You know, and it, it becomes a different conversation. Uh, I know when I have conversations with um, my, my, my girl's mom and I, I'm just like, oh, okay. It's, it, it's very empowering just to be like, okay. I don't need to argue where in, in years, you know, I'd be like, Oh, this and that I had to be more right than, than anything else. And I'm like, okay, I, I thank you for sharing me your opinion and it's all good. And, uh, you know, it becomes, you're bringing your own peace uh, of, of mind and it's taken a long time to get here, but, uh, you know, using techniques like, uh, that you, that you, that you teach and, and havening really does move it along so much quicker when you're willing to release, because that's part of the challenge is move that, that, that balance of the conscious and subconscious is that fight. And if you can let your sub, let your conscious just relax for a little bit and create that trust we talked about earlier, that's where the magic happens and allows your subconscious to take over. Well, and I love that you said that as well with your ex, because a lot of what I've balanced for with people as well is creating beliefs 
through a gold statement that's like, I am connected to my energy and allow others their own experience. Right. Because people have so much trouble in relationships or in the world and they feel so empathic and they're so sensitive and they can't handle it. I'm always teaching people just to come back to themselves and just allow other people to be as they are. And so I just, I feel really grateful to have a way of helping people get there. That's so direct. I have one, one question. So like th this past week I was, go I was, I was challenged. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life and um, you feel sad. So, and I want to make sure that everybody understands that this is this type of thinking doesn't go, it avoids all the negative stuff or you never have any negative feelings. What do you do when you have negative feelings? Because I know this week for myself, I sat in it, acknowledged the, the pain I was feeling because of the events that are happening. But I also knew that there was better days ahead. What do you do? Or what would you suggest to somebody who has a bad day because those are going to happen. That's life. That's human experience. Yeah, totally. And I love that you said that. So it's just like I was saying earlier with the dating thing, like it's been so expansive for me to be like held in the masculine energy and feel safe and seen and like treated with so much romance and thoughtfulness and like beauty and Oh my God, so much pleasure. It's been amazing. However, when you have those big things, you're also going to get triggered. And so you could call them negative feelings or you could be like, oh, I must need to expand on something. I must need to grow my self-worth. You know, and for me in relationship, it's been about not losing myself because I had to outgrow enmeshment. I had to outgrow codependency, not losing myself to something that feels so incredible and I want more of it. So I just like give my power away or I think that I need to give my power away to make someone else comfortable or so that I'm not alone. No, those triggers come up to show you where you still need to heal and grow. And so that's how I work with it. Some people aren't ready to go to it at that level. And so I might be just teaching them some awareness practices or some somatic practices. But for me, it's about the subconscious mind expanding it so that I feel worthy and deserving of this, that, and the other. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to wrap up. Is there any final uh, seeds? I always say, you know, the uh, garden of seeds to plant but some, some people, there was a lot of information we have and um, there's any seeds you'd like to leave with us. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. People get pulled in all the directions, looking outside of themselves for the right help, the right person, the right pill, the right, whatever to make them happy. I'd say that if you want to make change in your life that you haven't been able to, or you want to feel very empowered as a creator of your life, if you want to start knowing the limitlessness of your potential, you want to work with the subconscious mind and you want to find somebody to work with that you feel connected to, that has some intuition, because there are things that we can do on our own and I can give you some suggestions. They're not going to be as quick as something like maybe you do or the site K will get you to, but there are ways you can start dropping into your subconscious for sure. But 
having somebody hold space for you and see you and hear you and then intuitively know how to guide you somewhere, that's gold. And so no matter who that is, just, you know, that's what I'd say is like, you are limitless as a creator, limitless. And if you want to make change and haven't been able to, you want to move on from something, it's the subconscious is where it's at. If you want to create bigger beliefs about your life and have that as an option, the subconscious is where it's at. So other ways to work with it, not as quickly as what you might do or I might do, but ways to like reinforce work that people do with me creating the beliefs is the subconscious loves images. So like I said, even like practicing what you want to feel with like what that looks like in your imagination. If you do that in the morning when you wake up and before you go to bed and you don't even need to spend a ton of time, but you might want to, you can start with a minute. You could do five minutes. You could go into a half an hour. The morning and that nighttime are when the mind is most susceptible and most meditative. So it's what, you know, it's what we call the theta state. So it's like just when you're about to sleep or just when you're waking up, that's when you're most impressionable. And so you want to create with repetition. The subconscious also loves repetition. So you don't need to know even where you're limited or self-sabotaging, but you could start with that. That's awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. And I, I hope everybody has received some value. Uh, I know I have. And uh, we're going to put in the notes uh, Krishna's contact information uh, if you would like to work with Krishna. And uh, for everybody, so Krishna, thank you so much for being on the show today. And for everybody else, I hope you find peace and love in your life. And when you bring a bat, hit your sweet spot and knock it out of the park. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just to chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.